0: So what were you saying?
1: You were just... Well, what I was saying is I'd been noticing that, you know, we would laugh a lot before we'd sit to record, start the recording, and we'd laugh a lot at the end afterwards. But during the recording, we were pretty serious. Like somehow we'd convinced ourselves that trust is a serious thing, you know? And so we got to be serious. We can't, you know, laugh too much because, well, I don't know why, but because. and so. I was already thinking about this. And then, interestingly, I saw on LinkedIn that I believe it was Amy Edmondson who had posted something about this book. And I thought, God, that sounds really good. So I got a copy of it. And right away, they're talking about how humor is, like, really a good trust builder.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that kind of fed into my, like, what the heck? We're talking about trust, but we don't ever really introduce a whole lot of humor. We're so serious. We're so serious
0: about it. Why do we use a lower voice when we talk about trust?
1: Yes, I'm right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so this is Trust on Purpose, in case you were wondering. Yes. And I'm Charles Feldman. I'm going to put on my most serious voice for the introduction. I'm Charles
0: Feldman. And my name is Ila Edgar. And you're actually hearing part of the before the conversation, before we usually start the recording. Well, we've added it in here because honestly, we laugh so hard. Or you and I start the record button and we start giggling each other. Sometimes I think Chad edits it out and sometimes he leaves a little in there. But you're right. Like trust can be such a, like a heavy and serious topic. And damn you, you made me buy another book. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, but uh, you'll enjoy it.
0: I will. I will.
1: This book, and so the book is Humor Seriously by Jennifer Aker and Naomi Bagdanis. And they, in my opinion, every leader, absolutely every leader, plus a lot of other people, should read this book. They should buy it and read it because, especially the leaders, should really get that humor is... A huge and important part of Leadership Toolkit and also a Trust Builders Toolkit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Charles, trying to help me out because I didn't have the book yet, but he's like, oh, when it arrives, just read these few pages. Well, honestly, the book arrived about 56 minutes before we were recording. So I have not read. I have not done my homework. But as I flipped through very quickly, top of page 54, Shared laughter quickens the path to candor and vulnerability. And, like, doesn't it? It does. It's not even a question mark for me. Of course it does. Can you think of examples of where that's happened for you?
1: Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. Especially self-deprecating humor, which is about the only... Be careful. You're drinking a carbonated drink. This is not a good idea. In this
0: moment... (laughs) That just about came out my nose. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's the only
1: kind of humor that I'm capable of. I can't tell a joke to save my life. I either can't remember the setup or I can't remember the punchline. And then there are other forms of humor that I'm also not terrible. But I can do self-deprecating humor fairly well. And I've always find that it does whatever the source of the humor. It disarms people to some degree. And when that happens... We start to be willing to be a little more vulnerable. And as you and I have said many times, trust and vulnerability walk hand in hand. Sometimes one or the other of them trips, but they're holding the other one's hand. So hopefully they don't pull the other one down with them. Right. But the point is we can't trust without being vulnerable and we can't be vulnerable without trusting. Mm-hmm. So and this recognizing... This is- yeah, I'll just say recognizing no. that. Yeah. Let mm-hmm. me mansplain this a little bit to you.
0: Okay. I'm, li- I'm listening. <laughs> Barely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, I think that basically a lot of trust building happens through humor. I remember ages and ages ago, many lifetimes ago, it would seem, I began working as a mediator, community dispute. You know, Let me slow that down. Community dispute mediator. I got it all out. So helping people, neighbors, tenant, landlord, business, business, homeowner, business, resolve disputes. And it was always when somehow some humor, whether it was me capitalizing on something in the moment or somebody else in the room, one of the people in the room saying something that was a little bit funny, and a lot of the tension, or some of the tension, would start to leak out, leak out of the room. And once that started happening, yeah, people would get get lighter. The whole conversation would lighten. And so, yeah, it still happens.
0: And i I don't want to diminish that the work that we do and organizations do, it doesn't mean the work isn't important. And sometimes serious, but these don't have to be either ors.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Humor can come in. Okay. Maybe there's a time and a place where humor needs to just be, you know, the volume dialed down. And maybe there's times where we can ramp it up to mock 100. But can we lighten? Can we? And I think there's a, okay. This was a while ago. So it was more than a while ago. I was fortunate enough to be part of the startup of WestJet Airlines, which is a Canadian-based airline that started in 1994. So yes, I'm dating myself. I was 12 when I started working there. Yeah. Yeah. I was a really smart 12-year-old. One of the things that happened, however, was we had a Transport Canada paperwork issue and the airline got shut down. Like all of our very big fleet of three planes were grounded which was catastrophic. It was horrible. It was so stressful. My husband and I happened to be on a few days R&R in Scottsdale. We got a call on our, I'm trying to show listeners, you know, the cell phones where you actually had to flip them open. And it was, "Ela, get your ass home. The airline's been shut down. Like, you need to get home now, now.
1: Wait a minute. Can I just ask you why if the airline was shut down, that you needed to go back. There's somebody doing anything.
0: Well, because we needed to get it back up and running. Uh, We needed to work with Transport Canada and solve the paperwork issue. And so it was never, I just want to be clear, because WestJet is near and dear to our hearts, this was never a safety issue. This is a paperwork issue. But you know what? In that stressful, stressful, stressful time, the people that I remember collaborating and working with during that time of course, we had a huge amount of responsibility. It seemed like, how are we going to hurdle this mountain? This has never happened before. We don't know how we're going to get through it. But I remember laughing our asses off. And maybe it was because we were exhausted working till you know, one o'clock in the morning. So exhaustion plus humor. But we got through it. We got through it. The impact to the organization was really a blip. And now nobody even remembers that it happens, except now I've set it on Podcast, but there was something so incredible about all of us coming together, and you had to find the funny side of it. You just had to. And we did. And we got through it. Yeah. And there are people in that particular group that I hold in my heart for my lifetime, one of which I get to see later this afternoon, because we just went through so much together.
1: Yeah. And that humor that you were able to tap into allowed you to, yeah, it, it, I've been in those circumstances numerous times too. And there you are. Why are we laughing? This is a really serious thing. Our airline is shut down or our product line is like, oh my God, God the disaster or whatever the disaster is. It's the humor really that allows people to get through it.
0: But so this strikes me as funny too. think about this recent pandemic thing that we went through. And do you remember how formal we would all be on Zoom? Like, oh, we got to look good. we got to be on camera. And then, you know, somebody would get up and think that their camera's off and here, you know, they're walking around in their underwear. And how, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. <laughs> it's called being human. And you weren't expecting to stand up and your camera was still on, you figure it out. Or the, I don't even know who the person was that left her mic on and she went to the bathroom. It, like,
1: oh, that happened, I think, probably 100,000 times in the first couple of months.
0: At least, right? And so I think that there's also a humanness. Like, none of us have our stuff figured out every day, that we're not going to do something silly, not intending to be humorous. But I think as humans, we do stuff that is pretty funny, but then we're, <gasps> oh my God, I can't believe yeah. I did that. So maybe a bit of embarrassment. In the moment, but the fact is, we can laugh about it later and probably laugh long and hard about it later.
1: Yes. It isn't funny right away. It takes a little time to cure, but yeah, it can be really funny later on, at least some things. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things. Well, so one of the things that these folks say from a neuroscience perspective that it's pretty interesting, they say, I'm going to quote out of your book. I hope you don't mind, Jennifer and Naomi. When we laugh, our brains release a cocktail of hormones that make us feel happier, dopamine, more trusting, oxytocin, and less stressed, lowered cortisol, and even slightly euphoric, endorphins. So by working humor into our professional interactions, we can serve our colleagues this powerful hormone cocktail, and in doing so, literally change their and our brain chemistry on the spot. And the trust-building piece of it I think is what really drew me into this book. And the cool thing is they actually kind of give you a little bit of a primer in how to do, you know, how to introduce levity or lightness, as they call it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to become a stand-up comic on the level of whoever, Jerry Seinfeld or someone.
0: Oh, Dana Carvey. Oh. Dana Carvey. (laughs) Mike Myers. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Any of those folks.
0: There's also a piece in here where she tells a story about a particular person and talks about how this person's authenticity, levity, her quirks and imperfections were all things that just made her normal and approachable and brought levity, right, to situations. And so I really love that authenticity piece too. This isn't about forcing humor. This isn't about trying to do something that's not authentic to you. So, you know, maybe Charles telling jokes isn't your thing, but you can bring self-deprecation or humor in other ways. So it's really like, how do we become more of ourselves authentically to bring lightness and joy and levity versus, you know, trying to do something that's really not natural for us?
1: Well, you know, what comes to mind also with that is in our last podcast, we talked about toxic positivity which is this, you know, everything has to be positive, everything has to be upbeat. But what we lose in denying the more difficult emotions is just what you're talking about. Mm. Honest, authentic humor, authentic lightness. So I think that's another thing that's really important. And so we lose one of the great tools for building trust when we can't be authentically light because we're not also authentically speaking from our emotions, whatever emotion is in us. I think that's important to kind of keep on the radar here, too.
0: I'm thinking of a particular leader that I used to work for that didn't bring lightness or humor or levity in any way. And as we were talking about this topic, he came to mind right away because I would say even before... This is before I understood the framework or had the language that I do now with trust or the lens that I have with trust, that there was an automatic protection or I made sure there was space between us because I, I didn't trust. I didn't feel that it was necessarily safe. I didn't know that I could be, maybe this is just kind of outside processing. I didn't feel like I could be who I was and that that would be okay. I couldn't be authentic.
1: Yeah. And as you even started telling that story, the very first couple of sentences, I felt a heaviness in my own body as I was listening to you. It's like, oh my God, that would be awful. Mm-hmm. And then sort of as a counterpoint, the first thing that came to my mind, it's kind of an antidote almost to your story is a boss that I had and the way he led the team. There was a lot of humor. and We had some serious mm-hmm. stuff going on a lot of the time. And... The team he led, he led with humor. He led with lightness. He could get serious when it was necessary. But we had a weekly team meeting that at one point he came in. I don't know, we'd been you know, having our weekly meetings for probably about six months or so, at least for me, because I had been in the group, in the team for about six months or so. And he came in one day with a little statuette about, I don't know, maybe nine to 12 inches high it was not very high, but it depicted the hind quarter of a horse. Mm.
0: You mean like an ass? That's right.
1: Yes. And it became known as the horse's ass award. It was like a little statue. And so at the end of every meeting, someone would be voted as the person who said the most off the wall, silly, goofy, Whatever, the thing that was the least defensible, outrageous, crazy would get the horse's ass award. And as it evolved, the person who got it and kept it on their desk proudly for the week then got to nominate people in the, during the next meeting, and then everybody would vote on it, and that person would get the award. Just the amount of levity and lightness that that little, silly little thing created it took about maybe 4 or 5 minutes at the end of every meeting love it but it really bonded us and created deep trust that we had with each other along with you know everything else because we extended that lightness and levity into other aspects of the meeting as well when it was called for while at the same time dealing with some really tough issues
0: yeah i think the most important thing I mean, again, I didn't do my homework fully disclosing. I sped red and already loved some of the things that I've discovered. I think that ability to create connection and vulnerability can come through laughter and lightness, even if it's just the little opener that gets us to the first step. And it shows our common humanity I don't know that there's a lot of people that don't enjoy a little bit of lightness or humor or laughter in some way, shape, or form. And so what if we just did a little bit more than we do now? What might we see, notice, observe that's different because we bring a little bit more of that lightness, authenticity, and vulnerability in a way that brings us together?
1: Yeah. And that's one of the things, one of the places it's badly needed is in the workplace. We so often talk about building trust in the workplace. And yeah, authentic humor, that's not sarcastic, sardonic, doesn't harm someone, but rather opens people up, allows each other to breed, and of course builds trust along the way. Yeah. So what I think I heard you do just then is invite our listeners, whoever you may be, to add a little lightness. Just try it out. I mean, if it takes getting the book or they tell you how to do that, that's great. Or just figuring it out on your own, probably. I mean, I'm going to bet that a lot of people who are walk around at work being dead serious about everything actually are quite capable on the weekends and in the evenings or whatever of, of being humorous, yeah. of being light and joking around and whatever. They just don't bring it into work. It's kind of like you check your emotions at the door and you also check your sense of humor at the door.
0: Because that doesn't belong here. But what we're seeing, and thankfully the book and research such as this is telling us that it actually does, that it can have an incredible impact on the collaboration, the teamwork, the trusting nature, and the ability to innovate and get good work done together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They talk about that in the book, and we've talked about that before, that Trust is the. I'm you know, looking at Patrick Lencioni's model, and you know, trust is the, the foundation. And then you can build on that, and it leads to greater innovation, greater creativity, greater follow-through, accountability—all those things that we
0: want mm-hmm.
1: in the workplace. So, have a little humor, add a lot of dash of humor.
0: So, I'm sorry, I just flipped open the book again, and she said. In her research, understanding how this works to influence people's motivation, their decision making, their emotional and physical health, and how it can be scaled to make meaning and impact in our world. So just a little a little dash, a little dollop, a little tiny bit here and there, and test it. Test drive it. See what happens. Yeah. Sounds good. So on that note, many of you know that I have many little humans in my life. So I'm actually going to share a joke that she told this morning or this weekend. My son graduated this weekend. So there's lots of family time. So this is a family appropriate. How did Reese eat her cereal? I don't know. Witherspoon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to. I know it's so ridiculous, but it's funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was reminded of a joke that I heard the other night, Oh, but I, in true to form, I can't actually remember the setup, so I'm not going to tell it.
0: (laughs) Well, Brighton, my love, thank you for the Reese Witherspoon joke. That was quite hilarious, and go test drive it on your audiences. Go bring lightness and joy and a little frivolity, and we'd love to hear how this goes for you. Just a little bit more, and tell us what difference you see.
1: Yes. And if you've got a good story that comes out of it, we'd love to hear it. We would absolutely love, love to
0: hear it. Love, love, love.
1: Goodbye for now, dear listener. We'll see you
0: next time. On behalf of both Charles and myself, we want to say a big thank you to our producer and sound editor, Chad Penner. Hillary Rideout of Inside Out Branding, who does our promotion, our amazing graphics, and marketing for us. And our theme music was composed by Jonas Smith. If you have any questions or comments for us about the podcast, if you have a trust-related situation that you'd like us to take up in one of our episodes, we'd love to hear from you at trust at trustonpurpose.org.
1: And we'd also like to thank you, our listeners. Take care and keep building trust on purpose. Until next time.
0: Until next time.